Who's ready for season two? Welcome back. Today's show features a guest that I truly feel like I manifested on the show. She is absolutely incredible, has some of the best energy, is so authentic. She has an enviable following on social media with over 100,000 social media followers, and that's only on Instagram. She is incredibly intuitive. She calls herself an intuitive healer. She's also a psychic medium. She has so many different talents, and she tells us all about her spiritual journey, how she got to the place that she is today, when she first learned that she was hearing and seeing spirits, and how she realized that that was not something that everyone else could actually do, how she worked with a medium to channel a loved one through a tragedy that she and I unfortunately both have in common and how she works with people today and helping them to really find themselves and to be their best selves by using different spiritual modalities. She also is a business and a mindset coach and I hope at one point in time to be able to use her services in that regard to help with my spirituality business and my podcast as well. She is truly such a peaceful presence I also joined her spiritual summer camp over the summer for two weeks where I got to be involved in some incredible programming and meet with some amazing spiritual influencers, fitness influencers, um, and more. And she's one of those influencers on social media where if you drop her DM, she will actually respond to you. And I'm so glad that my path aligned with hers and that there was this synchronicity between the two of us. My best friend had actually sent me one of her posts in our multiple back and forth Instagram DMs. And I immediately started following her because it was just really the sort of content that I was trying to curate my feed with. And since then, I've been following her every single move. I think her content is so peaceful. It so energetically aligns with the high vibration that I'm trying to activate in my own life. She has such a serene aura about her. You have to hear her voice to truly understand it. She just emanates beauty, grace, simplicity in the best possible ways. And I honestly don't know that I can thank her enough for joining me. She's kind of like my spiritual girl crush who's just absolutely killing it in business and in life. She's recently married. If you have not, you have to look at her wedding photos. They were gorgeous. And she also put out what I think is an incredibly, well, perfect for the holiday, um, intuitive guide about how to basically practice spirituality and your energetics while you're traveling to protect your energy and to also just get rid of some of the anxiety that comes with travel, which for me, I'm like, okay, downloading immediately, absolutely need that. I'll put all of her information in the show notes. So if you're interested in booking a session with her, or if you're interested in following her on Instagram, you can get all of that and more in the notes. I hope that you enjoy this podcast episode. I think it's full of so many important and interesting nuggets, and I can't wait for you guys to hear. Enjoy. Okay, but I also feel like, so on the cards, I like that it almost feels like a yin and yang like energy to me with like the top and the bottom that mirror each other. There's something that's so beautiful when you open it and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to get. But, and I always wonder like, am I doing, am I shuffling my cards right? But lately, (laughs) 
I've just been holding my hands up like this, moving them around and then separating them in half and without looking at them, shuffling them to the side because I feel like I just get so much more movement that way. Even though I'm like, I don't want to bend them because they're so beautiful, but I'm like, they should be bent. They should be a little worn in, you know? They should have some wear in them. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways to work with Oracle cards and cards in general. And I think, you know, it, the best way is just to do it the way that you feel comfortable. Some decks I shuffle a certain way. Sometimes I ask, you know, for my guides, hey, tell me when to stop and then I'll hear stop. There's like so many little tips and tricks that you can do. But as long as you're shuffling and you feel like you're pulling, you know, at the right time, or if you feel one that's like really warm, I feel like there's a lot of ways to just kind of get to know your deck a little bit. I think that that's the most special period is the getting to know your deck and the feeling of like the cards feel familiar in my hand. These movements feel familiar when I'm asking for a signal or a sign. For some reason, this like I shuffled them and then the top card is wanting me to pull it. I think you pulled this on. Let's see it. (gasps) Yes. Immense growth. And I think actually I can pull up really quickly my oracle reading from you let me see which cards oh no oh no darn um that wasn't (laughs) one of them i don't think i thought that it might have been but the ones you pulled for me were master manifester transformation and attract the glow Mm. oh and then no expectations i was gonna see if that was the same Mm. but i want to i'll read what this means at the end because I think that that's going to be a good way. So for everyone that's watching on YouTube or listening, this is the immense growth card. I'm pulling from this beautiful apothecary deck, this animal deck that I got Mm -hmm. from Nicole, from her spiritual summer camp, because I was the winner of the end getaway or of the end giveaway, which was amazing. So I've been working with these cards and told Nicole that I'm going to start this episode by pulling a card. I'm going to start our end, but it felt right to pull it at the beginning but we just we jumped right in and i haven't even given you a chance to give us an introduction about yourself tell us all about what you do what your work looks like what you're most proud of about your job and your role how you work with people give us all of the details Oh my gosh. Where to begin? First of all, thank you so much for having me. This feels so exciting to just be here and to be having this conversation together because it's been a long time coming. Um, I'm Nicole Mariline for anyone who is new to me or my work. And I am an intuitive healer. I'm a medium. I'm a meditation guide. I have a lot of titles, a lot of names, but really the work that I do is helping my clients, my students, anyone really in my community just reconnect to themselves their truth, find their power again, reconnect with their gifts. I find that the word reconnection seems to be coming up a lot for me when I describe the work that I do. And, you know, over the years it's ebbed and flowed, but I feel like this idea of reconnecting us to our power, our truth, our gifts, all those things that maybe we lose sight of, you know, over time and years when we're growing up has really been kind of the forefront of the work that I do. So, you know, I lead groups and I do one-on-one work with people, readings, and all of it really does come back to that reconnection of self. I love that. Reconnect. I actually have not heard someone say that in this, in this realm, like, oh, we should reconnect later or whatever in that sense of like, yeah, "Yeah, nice to see you. But I have not heard someone actually talk about too much about reconnecting to yourself 
or helping reconnect mm-hmm. to parts of you that you may have forgotten or that you may have buried or hidden away. What yeah. obviously, and one thing I love is that you started by telling us all of these things. Like I'm, I have a lot of titles. <laughs> I love that because I feel like as you're trying to kind of find yourself, sometimes you can box yourself into, well, I'm good at a number of things, or I feel passionate about multiple things, but I should probably just focus on this one thing. Knowing that you had all of these immense gifts, how, like, how did you even, first of all, how did you figure that out? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you bring up a really good point about not wanting to box myself in. I think that throughout my journey and, you know, building my business and discovering, you know, who I am, I've always felt that way. I've always felt like one title just didn't do it for me. And I just struggled with, I'm like, well, what even am I? I still question that myself. And so for anyone listening, if you're like, this title doesn't really feel good, but I dabble in this and I'm good at this, like be it all, you know, I don't think Mm -hmm. we have to put ourselves into these boxes or make up something new, make up your own lane. I think that more power to you to do that. Um, But to answer your question, to go back, you know, I really rediscovered my gifts um, kind of in my early 20s. I was always, you know, very connected to spirit and spirituality as a child. I grew up in a really just beautiful household where my dad taught me how to meditate. We kind of just like learned how to connect when I was younger, and it was never something that was you know, weird or we shouldn't talk about spirit. You know, my dad always saw spirits too. So I just kind of grew up in this space where I could be really curious and explore the things that, you know, were coming up for me. However, I'm a very normal person. You know, I got older and I started to realize maybe not everyone was seeing spirits. Maybe not everyone was really interested in astrology and, you know, horoscopes and all that stuff. And so I kind of just, you know, pushed it aside a little bit and started living my life. Um, But it wasn't until I was in college where I was in a really just toxic, abusive relationship and he ended up passing away. And it was at that point of my life where, you know, I really started to kind of, I was confronted with death at a very young age. I was just turned 21. I didn't really have the tools or the understanding of what death was or what that looked like and kind of what happens, you know, as someone crosses over. And so my best friend at the time, her aunt is a medium. And so right away, you know, I connected with her and we channeled him through. And so that was my first true like mediumship experience where I was also involved. Yeah. And so from there, I mean, it it didn't just kind of overnight. I was like, okay, great. Now I'm a medium. I was still Mm -hmm. in college. I was a junior in college. Again, didn't have the tools. I was partying. I was trying to just make, you know, numb everything, make it all go away because it was a lot to kind of confront at the time of death, but also really realizing the reality of the situation that I was in. You know, when you're in an abusive relationship, you don't see it until you're out of it. And so there was a lot of healing that I had to really start doing, which is the start of my journey. You know, I started doing a lot of self-healing, doing a lot of intuitive healing work. I started meditating again. And it was kind of through that process of my own healing that I then discovered, oh, there's something here that I really want to explore. And so I ended up signing up for an intuitive healing certification just to help myself. I'm like, I just want to help myself. I want to heal for myself. I want to learn these tools so that, you know, at the time I couldn't really afford to pay for a healer all the time. And I was like, how can I do this for me? 
So I signed up for the certification and in the middle of that certification, our teacher was saying, you know, go, go out and start practicing. So I remember I put up donation-based readings on my little food page that I had. And ever since then, I've been booked and doing readings and doing this work. That is so incredible. Also, I love that your dad taught you how to meditate. I, I knew some of this story from <laughs> your interview with Anna Grace, um, but it's always interesting yeah. to kind of rehear like what feels impactful. Actually, one thing that we have in common that not many people know because now it's been so long for me, but when I was in high school, I had a boyfriend pass away. Um, we had not been together, so but I totally feel you in how it kind of just cracks your world open to a degree. Like I remember still getting the yeah. phone call in the middle of the night when everyone still called the house phone and his friend talking to my mom and saying, can you put Kylie on the phone and me hearing and like hearing what he was saying. And then, <clears throat> you know, when you're a kid and you're so tired when you're woken up in the night that you almost can't tell yeah. dream state from reality. That was kind of my like oh. recollection of the conversation. And then in the morning being like, wait a second, that really happened. And then how my life just unfolded from there. And that trauma made me lose friends. <clears throat> yeah. it like all of those things that happened because you, I didn't have the coping mechanisms at 15 to know how to deal with that sort of trauma. I never thought to go to a medium. I didn't even know what that was at that time, but it's just very interesting how certain things can shape your understanding of. And in my instance, like I was just telling you earlier, fear of like, that seems so scary, like death as yeah. a fear-based response. But when you really start to lean into the understanding that there's this beauty when you are able to identify that the communication is still yeah. open. Like the realm between is almost like a saran wrap. If you, yeah. you know, break a little hole in it, you'll start to feel the airflow come through and feel some of that come through, which I think when you're young and you deal with death, unless you have a parent who's very spiritual, it's hard to identify that connection I would Absolutely. love to get a sense for what your, when you, like, what is your process like when you are channeling and mm -hmm. you're, do you shut your eyes? Do you have like a prayer that you use? Do you have like a certain tapping or a pen or what is that process like for you? Oh, I love this question. So my process right now, it's always kind of changing a little bit, which I think for anyone who is doing this work or maybe you're practicing to be a healer or a medium or whatever that looks like for you, allow your process to change. I think at the very beginning when I first started doing this work, I was very much like, okay, this is what I was taught. I'm going to stay kind of in this box, in this lane because this is where I'm comfy. And then over the years, you know, I've really developed my own ways of connecting and channeling and just the tools that I use. And it's so fun because now I get to help other people in discovering, you know, their own ways of channeling and connecting. And so for me, what I like to do is meditation is key for me. Um, I meditate every morning and I always do the same kind of set of energy tools. So I really do set myself up to be grounded. I am connecting to all of my chakras, aligning my energy. I connect with the earth energy, the cosmic energy. I protect my energy. So I kind of have this very specific flow that I go through in meditation. And that just kind of sets me up for my day, whether I am doing a reading or not. 
Um, but right before a reading, what I'll do is I will sit in my room. I always light a candle. That's a really big thing for me. Um, for anyone who's listening, when you light a candle, I kind of see it as a spotlight for spirit. So if you are someone who wants to you know, connect with spirit, maybe you lost a loved one and you want to call them in, but you're not really sure how to do that, if you light a candle and set the intention for them to come through, it kind of like shoots a spotlight up into the spirit world and is like, hey, like we're here. You can come through. It's almost like gives them a little bit of an opening. So I always light a candle. I call in my spirit guides. I always cleanse myself between all of my sessions. So I use, I like to use Palo Santo for that. And then I really just kind of get into my space. So I channel with my eyes open and closed. I don't know. I kind of like, I don't have an exact way that I do it every single time, but I always start by closing my eyes, connecting with my client and all of my channeling is live. So when you do a session with me, like we're in there channeling right there. I know there's a lot of people who channel prior and then they kind of like share what came through in the session. I love to just channel live and be there and be in the experience with my client because I find that that's the best way for me to be the most accurate with what is coming through right in that moment. So my eyes are sometimes closed. Sometimes they're open. I use my hands a lot. I'm like a full body channeler. I don't know if that's a term, but I'm moving things. I'm moving energy with my hands. I'm shaking my hands. I'm kind of like really in the experience with the client because I use my body as a conduit for the energy. So, you know, many people read in different ways. The way that I read is I feel things. I use my body as kind of that vessel for healing and releasing and moving energy but I'm also hearing and seeing and feeling. So it's kind of this like full body experience, which is why I do most of my sessions on a phone call so that my client is not seeing me being a crazy person, waving my hands (laughs) in the air, doing all the things to help them, you know, release and heal. So is your love language physical touch? It is definitely one of them. I was going to say, because (laughs) it's either yes or no, because you feel so deeply through your body, but then I was thinking, okay, well, maybe it could not be because when you're engaging in your love life, maybe it's like, I'm overwhelmed from all of this, you know, feeling from my body, but that is so interesting. I just love, so my grandma who passed away, I have a tattoo in her honor, my little butterfly tattoo. She was obsessed with Sylvia Brown, like Mm -hmm. obsessed. I did not understand what she was a like Sylvia Brown was about when I was growing up. And my grandma and I unfortunately never had a chance to talk about this. She had every book Sylvia Brown had ever written. And I think my grandma and my grandma's mom had visions and were able to see things. I don't know what Claire that would be. Um, Clairvoyance. Okay. So I'll give you one example. And then I would love to get your sense on how your Claire's work for you. Um, So my great grandma at one point in time was on the front uh, porch of her Utah home. Mm -hmm. And she was with her son and said something along the lines of, we have to go in because I just am getting this overwhelming sense of there's horses are coming. And he was like, what in the heck are you talking about? And they didn't even live by horses immediately. And so she took him inside and was like very overwhelmed. Like we need to watch for the horses. And he was like, good God, this woman's going nuts. (laughs) It turns out horses did come and trample their front yard because wherever there was a stable, the horses had gotten out of the gate and had come and 
shortly after this period, they trampled all up into their front yard and the wood of their the front of their porch. Wow. And then for some reason, that's the only example my mom can give me. But I've been asking her, like, did anyone in our family have like gifts? And she was like, mm-hmm. oh, your grandma and your grandma's side of the family. Absolutely. And I've been like trying to get more out of it, but that was one of the only clear examples. So I'm like, no wonder my grandma was so into this. And before she passed, she kept telling me she was seeing a man in the mirror and she mm-hmm. passed away in front of her mirror. Like, wow. so I was like, someone was coming to like, not in a negative way, but just like yeah, to take her to help away her. and to, yeah, to guide her. Like I'm here. I know this may seem scary, but I'll be here for you when the time comes is kind of what I ended up taking away from it. And of course, when Mm -hmm. she was still alive, that terrified me to be like, she's seeing a man in the mirror. Like that's gotta be alarming. And then my mom and I went to, sorry, I'm just going on a little story time really quickly because I feel like this is, I just want to give like an example (laughs) of why I'm so intrigued in this sort of path. But when my mom and I went to go clean out my grandma's apartment, we knew that she had been cleaning in the mirror, like cleaning her mirror or cleaning the bathroom Mm -hmm. because that's where she was found, um, directly underneath the mirror. And it was very much like the Lysol lemon scent. Mm -hmm. And my mom and I were in her closet, cleaning out her closet, crying, just upset. And all of a sudden, both of us felt like we were enveloped in what I can only describe as a vortex. We both smelled, I said all of a sudden, and I have chills over my entire body even telling this story. Both of us looked at each other, stopped crying with like alarm and said, do you smell that? And it smelled like someone had just sprayed the cleaning solution in our faces. Like it was overwhelming smell. And then we both felt like we were just enveloped in this vortex. And literally it felt like we were being lifted off the ground in a hug. And then we were, I don't think we physically lifted, but it felt like that. And my mom is not like spiritual in this way at all. And then it felt like we were put down and we both just started weeping saying like, grandma, oh my God, like, thank you. And that was like my way of her giving us a hug. And for days, my mom and I would be together and both be like, do you smell it again? And it would, yeah. I would be like, okay, she's like, grandma's here. And ever since when I ask for signs, my sign for my grandma is a butterfly. Mm. I have gotten, she has never let me down. Like ever, yeah. ever, ever let me down. Can you talk about how, when you're working with people going through these, you know, a session with you, are there ever like signs that come through from your Claire's where you're like, have you been seeing ladybugs or have you been seeing X? And like, how do you, alert people to begin asking for those things so that they can find meaning in either a passing or in understanding that there's more than just this realm and we're in today. Wow. First of all, that story, I had full body chills the entire time you were telling me that. And it's really interesting because something I always share with people is that spirit will bring in signs in different ways. And spirit always likes to talk to us in the language that they know we will understand. So for you guys, that smell, like smell is a big one. People don't really think about smells when they think about signs, you know, from their loved ones. They think of, you know, seeing a feather or seeing seeing something. Mm-hmm. But smell is 
is one of the most powerful ways that spirit can actually talk to us, especially because of, you know, that situation and the Lysol and just everything. It kind of was really her way of being like, I'm here. I'm hugging Mm -hmm. you guys and it's okay. Like I'm right here. You don't have to worry. So when it comes to, you know, being in a session, um, the way that my mediumship sessions work is a lot of it is kind of clue based. I always tell people, I'm like, it's just like a scavenger hunt. I have Mm -hmm. no idea what we're going to discover. You probably have no idea what we're going to discover. And spirit kind of, they like, like to drop in little things. And so, you know, maybe they might say something like, they might show me popcorn and I'm like, okay, like, why are you showing me popcorn? But, (laughs) you know, maybe her and her grandmother like used to eat popcorn every single Sunday and that was like their tradition, their thing. And so that's kind of like one of the ways that for me as a medium spirit comes through is they kind of show me these, these symbols or these small things to kind of create that rapport with my client and their loved one to show them like, hey, it really is me. I'm here. And so if you are maybe not even working with a medium, but you have a loved one who has passed, the easiest way to start getting signs and just knowing that your loved one is there is to just ask them, you know, ask them to show you a sign that you know that they are here for here with you. And that could be something as simple as, you know, for you, the butterfly, or maybe smelling that Lysol smell, or maybe you hear, you know, your favorite song that reminds you of them on the radio. Like you randomly, I don't know who's listening to the radio, but if you put it on, <laughs> you know, your Spotify playlist, and then you're just like, well, like, I didn't even know I had that song on this playlist. So I think the biggest way to start is to just ask, you know, your loved ones are here, they're around, they're with you. And a lot of times spirit does kind of wait for permission because they don't want to scare you too, you know, like they don't want to scare you. They don't want to frighten you, but I'm sure that your loved one is right there waiting for you to just say, okay, I'm open to a sign. Please show me a sign that you're here and you will be surprised at how quickly something starts to come through. And you recently got married. Congratulations. So beautiful. Thank you. How did you incorporate spirit, if at all, into your wedding day or the day Mm -hmm. before? I know because I saw on your Instagram that you did like a group prayer in advance with your girls. But what did the incorporation, if at all, like did you have spiritual meaning on tables that maybe only you and your husband, Jordan, right? Jordan is your husband's name. Yes, yes. Um, Would know, like, was that something that you thought about? I'm curious. Oh my gosh, yes. So, well, I, when it came to the wedding, you know, both Jordan, my husband, and I, we both are very spiritual, but I didn't want it to be too much, you know, because Mm -hmm. of course this is like my world, my thing, but I didn't want it to be this like overkill of like so spiritual and in your face. So a lot of the things that we did, I would say everything had a lot of intention. And that's really a lot of the feedback that we've gotten from the wedding is how intentional it was. So prior to the wedding, we had a welcome party and we really kind of set an intention for that. We did a lot of intention setting with our groomsmen, our bridesmaids, kind of the whole group. Um, And Jordan and I spent our wedding morning together, which was really special. And we kind of, we spent time reading each other notes, setting an intention for the day. We meditated together and just kind of like grounded our energy down before the big day, which was so amazing. I was pretty nervous beforehand because I was like, what am I going to feel like? Am I going to be anxious? Am I going to be excited? You know, nervous. And I 
can when I tell you, I felt so good. I felt so calm. I was grounded. I meditated. I put my feet in the grass. It was just like all the energy tools and all the work that I've done prior to the wedding, I feel like really just showed up for me that day. So those were kind of like some of the things that we did to prep. Um, we had Jordan's brother officiate and I had him do a little meditation at the ceremony, which it was kind of funny because he, you know, is not like he's a meditator, but he's not spiritual. And so I kind of like mm -hmm. told him, I was like, okay, you're going to have everyone close their eyes. They're going to set an intention. I had everyone rub their hands together and just send us their energy through their hands at the ceremony, which was really special. Um, and then some of the other fun things we did, all of our table numbers were angel numbers. So we had an angel number. And then on the back, we had kind of what that angel number means to us. So everyone got to see like what our different angel numbers are, what they mean to us, which was really special. We also wrote everyone notes and we kind of, we wanted to give everyone an oracle card, but it was just kind of, it was just too much. So we stuck with okay. the notes and that was a really special thing to kind of incorporate just a lot of intention throughout our day. That sounds so beautiful. I love the idea of intention behind everything. Like I'm even thinking about, oh my God, writing notes to every guest at my wedding would have taken so much time. So <laughs> that must've been a true labor of love <laughs> for you to do for all of your guests. <laughs> It was, but it was so special. And, you know, we, we didn't have a huge wedding. I think there was around 88 people there. And that really allowed us to make everything so intentional. And I felt like instead of, you know, at, at weddings, like there's kind of groups of people, like there's like this group of people, that group of family members, I think because of the intention we put into the day, everyone was just one big group. And the energy was really special. We had people tell us that they felt like their hearts opened. We had people cry who have never cried at a wedding before. It just felt like this beautiful container of love and healing and connection. Jordan's sister surprised us and she wrote a song for us as her wedding speech. Like it was just all of these magical moments that just happened because we, we really set the intention of just love and connection and joy. It was special. That do you have, so one thing that I remember my wedding planner telling me or advising me was try to, and at the time it wasn't so much manifest, but try to think of like what three words would embody your wedding day. Mm. And I think mine were fun, family, and it was either like dreamy or love or something along those lines. Yeah. I feel like yours was like yours would be like intention, connection, and like ethereal because truly your flowers, your dress, like everything was so beautiful. How do you, you like, how did you know that your dress was the one? <laughs> well, I'm just like everyone else who, you know, doubts their dress. I feel like everyone, every woman I've talked to about their wedding, like everyone has had doubts about their dress. So Going back to, I picked out my dress a year before my wedding day. And, mm -hmm. you know, that in itself, I feel like people don't talk about it enough. Like, I am a completely different person than who I was when I picked out my wedding dress. And yeah. so I remember, though, I remember we were at the second shop. We had kind of finished the appointment, and I was like, okay, like I liked it. I liked some of them. I don't know. And I knew I wanted Gali Lahav. Like, I was like, I know I want this designer. So we just got to find the right one. And we were about to leave, and the girl was like, wait, I just found another dress that just came in from Galia. 
I was like, okay. And so she brought it into the room with me and I was putting my feet, oh, it gives me chills. I was putting my feet into the dress. I haven't even seen it yet. And I was like, I feel like this is the one. And she put it on me and I just got that feeling. And I know for me throughout my life, anytime I get that feeling, like we all have that feeling. It's the gut feeling, the chills, the butterflies, like whatever that feeling is for you. And I knew throughout the whole day, I was like, I'm not getting the feeling, I'm not getting the feeling, like I'm not picking anything until I get the feeling. And I got the feeling and, you know, it was the most beautiful dress I've ever seen. It like was so me, it was so timeless. It was all the things. And so I said yes to it right there. I was so excited about it. But then, you know, I go home and then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Like my logical brain kicked in. I was all intuition <laughs> at the store. I was like, yes, I feel it. It's good. Then my logical brain is like, shouldn't you have tried on more dresses? I was scrolling on Instagram and I was like, wait, but that one's really beautiful. What about that one? What about that one? And so my planner and a few of my friends, they were like, you need to just get off of any wedding dress, Instagrams, TikTok, all the things, stop looking at them. And so, you know, there were some of those doubts. And I remember trying it on when I was getting it, um, you know, hemmed and getting it. What's the word? I can't think of the word, but okay. I was getting yeah, there we go. I was getting it tailored and getting it, you know, fixed to be perfect for the wedding day. And I was still kind of doubting it about a month ahead of time. But then I just sat with it and I was like, this is my dress. I know it is. I got the feeling. And, you know, the day of when I put it on, I have never felt so beautiful and so comfortable and so me. I think something that a lot of people do is you get like so trendy with your dresses or like you get kind of sucked into the things that are like really big and popular right now. And I'm so happy that I went with something that was just timeless and a style that I've always liked, even though maybe a little, little things have changed here and there over the years, but I've always seen myself in that style. And so I'm really, really happy with just trusting my intuition, even, even though it was a really big decision. Totally. I think the pro tip is as soon as you pick your dress, unfollow every yes. bridal store, <laughs> yes. every bridal page. I did the same thing at first. Like I only went to one store and mine was solely based on intuition. And the fact that yep. I felt like my father-in-law who had passed away for some reason, I was like, he loves this dress. I don't know why, but like Aww. I started crying because I got the sense that like he would love this dress. He never got to see us get engaged we've been together for 16 years since I was a teenager. Yeah. So those like those moments were, it was really important to me to find some way to feel like there was an incorporation. So yeah. I, I think that that's honestly just the best. It's, it seems easy to say to someone else is like, follow your intuition when it comes to your dress. But just like you knew you were going to say yes, when you were asked, will you marry me? it's like a similar, no, like, yes, it's, it's a yes. Like there's, it's, there's no question. And when you get it, of course you can go back. Yeah. You likely don't think that when you get asked, will you marry me? But like with the dress, a hundred percent, you're going to feel like, could I have found something different or like this or like this? But yep. yes, I just had to take a moment for the wedding because it looked like it was just so beautiful. <laughs> Thank and you so much. I, it was, it was so special. Your honeymoon looked amazing. Also, and I loved that you were still uh, like, you're posting content about like here, I'm journaling in this. It seems like you and your husband do that a lot. I want to talk about that for a second because I don't have that experience. My husband is not spiritual or like does not journal. He does not, he wouldn't even know what to do if he were to sit down for meditation. He couldn't touch his toes and yoga, like if his life depended on it. 
So how does that like incorporate into your partnership? Mm. First of all, you know, I love that. Love your husband. So sweet. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I feel very lucky that, you know, my husband, Jordan, throughout our entire relationship, he's just very open. Like he leads his life from an open place where I remember when I was starting to do, you know, all this healing around my trauma and he was just like, I don't really understand intuitive healing and what that is, but if it makes you happy and if it's helping you do it and tell me about it so I can learn about it. And so I feel very lucky to, you know, be in a partnership like that (laughs) because I mean, I do some funny stuff. I do some weird stuff for work, you know, and some people might think it's weird or different. And he's always been my biggest supporter, but he's always wanted to learn too. So, you know, he has his own spiritual practices. He works with an astrologer for the books that he puts out. Like he is just like his own spiritual baddie now, but he wasn't always like that. So I feel like we both really grew together. And I think because of his openness, it allowed us both to just kind of uncover so much for ourselves. But, you know, he comes from the like personal development background. So like he journals more than me. Like he is on like his journaling game. He's very connected. He meditates every day. And I think by just having that support, it's allowed me to deepen my gifts and feel more comfortable in the work that I do versus if I didn't have that. But yeah, I mean, speaking to our honeymoon, like we both just really prioritize our well-being. And I think coming off of a wedding for anyone who's planned a wedding or is planning a wedding, it's like a lot. And, you know, we were working our own jobs creating our businesses, also doing a wedding. It's like having another job on top of everything else. And so when we got to our honeymoon, we were like, we just want to enjoy. And for us, you know, taking time to journal and meditate is part of that enjoyment and really helps us feel our best. So, you know, I feel very lucky that it's kind of the root of our relationship. And like I said, we've both grown as individuals and together kind of through our own practices and learning about these different things that help us. So I do feel very lucky because I know that's not the reality for a lot of people. But I will say that, you know, if you're excited about something and if something is really supporting you and helping you on your journey, your partner will probably be interested in it. If you kind of share it from that lens. And I think a big thing too that I always kind of talk to my clients about is you don't need to force it. You know, a lot of times when we start our healing journey, it has a ripple effect. And so even if, you know, you're not forcing it or not saying like, okay, like you need to do this too. If you're growing, if you're, you know, really making these big, beautiful changes in your life, your partner, your friends are going to be like, hey, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, something good is going on over there. So how can I get involved in that, even if it's through, you know, a different lens or my own way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think that's so true. Like being together now, this year is 16 years, not not married, but just dating. Like I have gone through every evolution (laughs) that like you can go through within that period. Like eating disorder, healing from my eating disorder, all of those things that have contributed to like where I am now. But I love that. I wanted to ask you, like you had mentioned earlier that when you're meditating, you clear your chakras. Do you have, I don't want to say like a favorite chakra, but which one do you feel the most connected to and why? And which one do you feel like you're consistently doing work on like this one area and where does that come from? Ooh, 
That's a good question. Oh my gosh. Okay. Honestly, I feel like I really like all of them, which I know is like, you know, kind of silly, but I think because I've done so much work in each of my chakras and I've also helped other people in their energy centers, I feel like I've really gotten to understand all of them for kind of what they are, who they are and what they contribute to us. And so you know, I think a common one that maybe people don't really think about is like the root chakra. And I've really learned to love my root chakra over the years because it's the foundation of everything. I think we're so quick to go up into our upper chakras and we want to open our third eye and we want to, you know, use our voice and kind of open our throat and connect to the universe with our crown. Like it's so fun and buzzy up in our top three, but really like the deep connection and the deep healing, like so much of that has to happen in those bottom three chakras. I mean, your solar plexus, that power center, your creativity in your sacral, it's like all of them are so important. And so I think to pick a favorite would be really difficult, but I think each one really serves its own purpose. Um, I would say though that recently I feel like I've been doing a lot of work in the heart and I think the heart kind of holds this special space in our chakras because it's that center point. It's like that bridge between worlds. I always like to call it, you know, kind of the bridge between our physical and our spiritual, like our physical body, our human self and our spirit self. And so I feel like the heart has been a really fun place for me personally that I've been working in. Um, and not a place that maybe I did a lot of work prior. I feel like I was always in the solar plexus, always in the throat chakra, all of all of us women. I feel like those are the spaces that we really do a lot of work in. Um, and also, you know, the womb space, the sacral. So, you know, I think that each one of them has its own special spot, but the heart has kind of been the place that I've been landing a lot more often. Hmm. Yeah, I love that because it's the intrinsic link between the up and the down. Mm-hmm. So it has to kind of hold not necessarily more importance, but just more of like, it's the clasp between yeah. like your necklace almost, if you're thinking about like something being whole, I can see how that yeah. would be the case. Um, it's interesting. I was wondering if you were going to say root before you said root. I, I just feel like in general, because it's <laughs> like last on the line, you can easily maybe yeah. you know focus on, okay, by the time you get there, you're like, all right, like that was a lot to uncover. But obviously you're much more than just a spiritual healer. Like is what don't people know about you outside of just this calming, because you truly do have such a calming, approachable, and really like magnetic presence. Even during your spiritual summer camp, listening to your meditations. I was like, she just has the voice for meditation. You can really get (laughs) lost in them because you have such a calming voice that almost just makes you feel like you can open up into like, oh, okay, this is what I was needing to pull out of myself. But what's something Mm. that someone doesn't know about you or like, what's another, obviously we're talking about, you don't have to come into the boxes. You can be more than that. Like what's another thing? Like you love hardcore rap or like you, there's something like what else is there to Nicole? Oh my gosh. I think there's a lot to me that I feel like maybe not everyone knows about. I am definitely an adrenaline junkie. I've always loved like, I don't know, just all the things like climbing to the top of the mountain. And I was always the kid who was like trying to get closer to the edge or jumping into the deep water. Like I've just always been 
that like very adventurous go-getter. Like I just want to like try everything in the world. I've always been like that. And I know that maybe that's a little different than like the calm, safe presence that I show Mm -hmm. up in with my clients. But, you know, really when you get to know me, like I feel like there is so much more than just calm and safety. But I think that sense of calm has really come through just the healing that I've done. Um, and so I'm really proud of that. And it, it really means a lot to me to hear that, you know, and kind of hear what you're what you're saying about my voice and the spaces that I create for people. But yeah, I'm definitely an adrenaline girly. I love the outdoors. Um, Jordan and I have a camper van that we love to go on road trips in and go camping. So that's a really big thing that I love in my life too. And I don't know, I'm just funny. Like, I feel like I'm just like <laughs> silly and goofy. And I, I, you know, I feel like that's something that when you're in a course with me or you're working with me, you start to see that side of me, but maybe not all the time, like, or not in a meditation, but I do really have like a very playful, goofy, silly side to me that I love to just kind of show, especially in like a course experience, or if you're working with me in mentorship, um, something that I always say, I feel like I have two things that a lot of my clients always tell me that I say a lot. The first one is just let it be easy. Like it gets to be easy and just let it be easy. And then another one is that we're just playing. Like we're just having fun. We're just playing. You know, life doesn't have to be so serious. We don't have to be so serious. Like we can just play and connect to play and have fun. So I think that's another thing that maybe people don't know about me but they do, but they don't. So those would be the mm-hmm. two things I would say. What are your, what's your astrology, sun, moon, and rising sign? Mm, so I am a Capricorn sun. I am a Leo moon, which is that like silly, goofy, playful little kid energy. And then a Gemini rising. So also like, I like to kind of bounce around and talk about a million things all the time. What about you? Um, I'm a Gemini sun and a Gemini moon and a Capricorn rising. Look at us with our Gemini and Capricorn. (laughs) Yeah. I actually feel like I haven't met that many people who have Capricorn in there. And I kind of feel like Capricorn rising has like a bad, Mm. I don't want to say bad, but like it's meant to have some hardship throughout life. And so sometimes that feels like a bummer, (laughs) but also my human design, my, um, incarnation cross is like the right. Oh my gosh. Now I'm blanking on the exact name. It's basically the right angle cross of confrontation. So Mm. my whole purpose in life is finding where there may be hardship and like figuring out ways to work through it, which is why I think I've been so drawn to this like path of wellness and spirituality and not just for myself, but for others and like helping figure out ways that, I've always been the person where if I see someone that's getting bullied, I'm going up and I don't care if I get punched in the nose. Like there's a sense of justice that I've always innately felt needs to be like right in the world. Yeah. Um, But that's interesting that you also are Capricorn, Sun, Leo, Moon, and Gemini rising. And all my planets are basically in Capricorn. So I have six planets in the eighth house in Capricorn. It is very intense. So like I love Capricorn energy though. I used to think when I was a kid, so I'm a December Capricorn. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, very, there's very few of us, few of us December Capricorns. But when I was a kid, I was like, oh, 
I'm I'm on the cusp. I'm I'm a Sagittarius. I'm nowhere near the cusp. I just thought that Sagittarius was more fun than Capricorn when I would read the horoscopes. But now I feel like I've really grown into Capricorn. And I I like hearing you say you're Capricorn rising. I'm like, oh, you're you're like here. You're here to make a change. You're here to make a difference. Like you are a go-getter. And that's just like your energy and what you bring to the world. So like I feel like Capricorns can sometimes get a little bit of a bad reputation or maybe we're misunderstood and people just think we love money, but there's so much more to us and to our sign. And I think being a Capricorn rising is really cool. So I love it. I I love love it. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. So, and also interesting that you're a Capricorn Zodiac sign. Mm -hmm. I'm a Gemini Zodiac sign. And most, I think I have also like six planets in Gemini And so I'm a Gemini Zodiac sign, sun, moon. Like, I just feel like there's a lot of Gemini energy, which also Geminis can get a bad rap. (laughs) So I'm kind of like, I do feel like my whole life has kind of had this sense of like, I felt misunderstood in ways. And I can see when I look at some of these things, like, okay, that makes sense. And I'm a projector in human design, but I would have bet that I would have been a generator based on how I had been living my life. And- when I found human design was the first time I felt truly seen ever. And I had done, I don't even know how many personality tests, always looking for like, show me my purpose, show me my this. Yeah. What's your human design? I feel like you've probably mentioned this, but I, I might've forgotten. I am a one, three manifesting generator. So I am no wonder I'm a multi-hyphenate. Like I have all the, all the titles, all the things. I change my mind all the time. I want to do everything. Very classic manifesting generator. But also the one three is very much that the truth seeker, the knowledge seeker, the wanting to understand why things are the way they are, the investigator, you know, you want to understand I'm a six, two projector. Mm -hmm. So I've definitely had these like phases of my life. I'm 35 now. So like the first 30 years, 100% were my (laughs) exploratory (laughs) years to say the least. And then that hermit energy is there for sure. But in a sense, now I utilize it as a sense of healing where before I felt like Mm -hmm. I was missing out on something. Oh, if I wanted to stay in, like if I really wanted to just be by myself, I always thought like something must be wrong with me. Why? Mm -hmm. And then I would have this sense of fear. Like I'm alone. People don't care what I'm doing. No one wants to know what I'm doing. No one cares. Like And now I'm like, that is powerful to be able to sit in your stillness and have some of that, like of all the tools that you've utilized and that you've explored, like, what would you say is the most impactful for you? Like, do you see a medium yourself? Do you see an astrologer? I'm on the market for an astrologer. So if you know of a good one, I would love more insight there. But like, what, what tool makes you feel when you're coming up with like a, you're coming into a block? Where do you turn to first if you're not turning inward based on the years of work you've been able to do to show up for yourself? Mm, I love that question. You know, for me, it really ebbs and flows. So for a long period of time, I was seeing a healer and like I had my healer that I would always go to and I saw her really regularly. And something that I think is really important for people to know is you can shift and change. I feel like we go through periods of time where maybe we need to see like, well, you never need to see, but maybe you're really 
just getting a lot of value from seeing one healer. And then maybe you outgrow them a little bit, or maybe you need a break. And then maybe you feel really drawn to astrology. And so something that I try to do for myself is to just follow wherever I'm drawn. Um, right now, I'm actually not really working with anyone. And it's been kind of nice. I feel yeah. like I've just been really working with myself, kind of entering this new chapter of what does being a wife mean? I'm about to turn 30 next month. There's like so many of these changes that are happening in my life right now. And so I've just been kind of allowing myself to move through it. Um, I turn to my cards a lot. I turn, you know, inward a lot. I know we're saying not if you're not going inward, but I think that all the answers that you have really do come from within. But there are also some times where I think, of course, like, seeing a healer, seeing a medium is so impactful and important. I have an amazing astrologer named Jacqueline who I love going to just kind of for like pivotal moments in my life. Um, she actually did our wedding chart, which we're going to talk to her in a couple of weeks to just kind of dig into our wedding chart, which is really fun and exciting. So I love seeing an astrologer for kind of more specific things like that. I think it's fun to see one maybe at the beginning of the year, kind of to just like map out like where are we at, what's going on. I love using astrology in that way. I've also been diving into human design a little bit more. And, you know, I just think it's so cool to have a toolkit. I'm always sharing that with my client. I'm like, build up, build up your toolkit, you know, so that you can always have different things to turn to so that you never feel like just lost or confused. You know, I think being your own healer is always number one, but then finding the people that you trust, whether that is a healer or a medium or an astrologer, or even just a, you know, meditation that you love listening to that, you know, will just get you right there and help you move through whatever it is that you need. I'm all about practicality. And so like I have my energy tools that I always turn to. If I'm feeling sick, I'm like pulling out my energy tools and pulling that sickness out of me. If I'm feeling anxiety in my body, same thing. So I think having a robust toolkit filled with your own tools, but also, you know, tools as in healers and those people that you can really trust just allows you to have a really well-rounded life. When you say healer, what does that encompass for you? Like, how do you go about finding someone who categorizes as a healer? Yeah. Well, so I think because I am a healer, I kind of, I don't know, just the way that I kind of grew up in this world, like the way that my business was created was through working with another healer and being mentored by a healer. And so I've always had kind of just people that I either knew from my time at the meditation studio, from my own healing experiences. I've been very lucky that the right people have always just come into my life at the right time. And I think that's a, it's a really powerful thing to know that if you are someone who is, you're looking for a healer, you're looking for a mentor, you're looking for a teacher you know, what's that saying that when the student is ready, the teacher comes? I mm -hmm. really believe in that. And so, you know, if you're wanting to work with someone, just say, okay, you know, I feel like, I feel like I'm ready to take a next step on my journey right now. And I would love to work with a mentor, you know, spirit, bring me a mentor. So that doesn't answer your question. But when I categorize a healer, um, you know, I, I always work with people who I've either known or like, someone's been recommended to me. I think finding someone who you really vibe with their energy is really important. And if, you know, your friend did a reading with someone and you're like, oh, like they sound really cool, but you can feel in your body that maybe they aren't for you, trust that, follow mm -hmm. that. Um, so, you know, I, I personally categorize healing as 
you know, intuitive healing, which is what I do. Um, Reiki, I think, is a beautiful healing practice as well. Also, body code work, I think, is really special. And I did a lot of that with a healer for a while. Um, She did a lot of body code on me. There's so many different modalities out there nowadays. What is There's body quantum code healing. I mean, there's so many things. Body code is, it's kind of like emotion code. I don't know if you've heard of that, um, but it's essentially where they like go into the body and they're able to see, gosh, I'm probably going to butcher this explanation because I don't personally do it, but I've had it done to me. They can like go into the body and pinpoint, okay, your liver at this spot is kind of out of whack here. We're going to clear out this you know, thing that happened to you at age four from your liver that's affecting this. It's very much about like the physical body and they're able to pinpoint different energies and things that are kind of creating um, a, just out of alignment, things to be like not as balanced hmm. in the body. If that's I'm butchering so cool. that, anyone who does it, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's my <laughs> like understanding of it. It's really cool stuff. I'm like, if I have anyone listening who does this, um, shout out because how cool would that be to be able to see that? What, what is your take on kind of like the energy through the rest of the year? Like, is there a word or a feeling that you're getting for people who are like the holidays can be really hectic? Yeah. You know, for me, it's always kind of like PTSD around eating and trying to figure out what is a how do I actually, I'm still trying to figure, I always say like, I feel like I'm eating like a child now trying to figure Mm -hmm. out what works for my body. What doesn't, how do I deal with like this 80 pounds that I, I feel like energetically have not been able to lose because of some of the trauma that I still have from the period where I was literally a hundred pounds lighter than I am right now at like the height of my eating disorder. So like I guess I'm curious as for you as someone who is so in tune with like, just, I I don't want to say global energy because that might not be correct totally, but like you have a sense for like, I'm feeling like we all need to hear this. And when you do your Oracle readings and I love your newsletter where it's like, look at a card and choose to me, that one always, I feel like I get a lot out of that also. So is there anything that comes to mind as you think about like, what does the rest of the year hold? Yeah, actually. So first of all, thank you for saying that about my Oracle readings and my newsletter. That makes me really happy. Um, You know, I've been getting these two messages for all of my clients. I've been getting them for me and they kind of are interesting because they go together, but they don't. So the first one is that, and I've felt this in November, like there's like a buzziness in the energy right now. I've been feeling this shift from, I feel like kind of throughout eclipse season, summertime, there was a lot of heaviness. There's still a lot of heaviness now, but it just felt like there was a damper on creativity for a lot of people. And just kind of collectively, it just felt like a really difficult time. A lot of people who are in my community expressed that they were just feeling blocked. They weren't feeling inspired. Things just weren't working. Like every Everything just kind of felt like it was at a standstill. And moving into November, a lot of the messages I've been receiving is almost this like opening. Like there's like a buzziness that's starting to happen for people. Maybe you're starting to feel a little bit more excited again about some ideas or maybe you're feeling a little bit more inspired. There's just like, like it's not fully like a push or a wave of like 
breakthrough creativity, but it's more so like it's starting. Like, because also too, which brings me to the second message I've been receiving is right now feels like a time of rest. So that's why it's not this like wave of like, okay, like we need to start all these things. We need to like put out this new idea. It's more so like be aware of the things that are coming through for you right now. Be aware of the little sparks, the little pieces of inspiration. Maybe you think of a cool new idea or something sparks your interest and allow it to just kind of settle in right now. Allow it to grow um, because it does feel like we are in a place of just slowing down, resting. The holidays brings everything up, but really this time of year is a time of going within, getting quiet, reflection, rest. And so those are kind of the messages that I've been receiving, especially for November. And it does kind of carry on through the end of the year. It's just like things are starting again. Like the movement is starting to happen. It's almost like the wheels are starting to turn, but you don't necessarily need to take action right now. You can allow those ideas to percolate a little bit, to grow a little bit, and you'll know when it's time to kind of hit the hit the head and like just go for it, start running. So that's kind of what okay. I've been feeling. But I keep hearing rest, and that's a big one I know for me too, is even though you have an idea, because there's a lot of things that I'm really excited about for next year, but I keep hearing from my guides like, it's okay. There will be time for that. You need to rest. You need to just enjoy kind of the the cold, the coziness, kind of all the feelings that we have in winter and also the holiday season too. Mm-hmm. I want to start asking like a few questions at the end of every single interview to every single guest because I've been listening to some podcasts that always end the same way and it's yeah. always something to kind of look forward to at the end of an episode and the perspective gives just so much insight. So I have three questions and they don't all go together. <laughs> They're <laughs> a little it. bit separate just based on things that I think, well, two of them, I guess, kind of go together. But what are you the most proud of from this year that you've done or accomplished or helped someone with? Mm, what am I the most proud of? I mean, I think in my personal life, I am most proud of just the wedding and I went through a lot around the wedding. There was a lot of difficulty kind of leading up to the wedding. I had a few really big friendship breakups, which was very unexpected, very difficult. And so I think I'm really proud of just how I handled all of that, how I healed so much in a really short period of time and how I was really able to show up with an open heart at the wedding. And then Mm -hmm. I think more professionally or kind of with – clients, I would say just even through things that I was going through in my personal life, how I was still able to show up and hold space for people. Um, I think that's something too, you know, healers also need healers and healers Mm -hmm. and readers and teachers. We're also just normal people too. And we have things that we're dealing with. And, you know, there were a lot of really difficult months for me this year and just to still see the impact that, you know, my words or just my support makes for people, even when I was kind of at, you know, some of my lower lows was, I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of how I was still able to show up because that's the most important thing to me is always showing up for the people in my community and my clients and my students. And it just, yeah, made me really proud to be able to still do that. Yeah, I can imagine. And it seems like your guides are telling you like it's been a year of showing up for the things you have on your plate and for other people. So now 
it's time for you to take that period to recharge going into the new year when that period, your Capricorn, you know, you start your year off right with that strong energy. What's, what's one product that you can't live without? Ooh, a product that I can't live without. Hmm. That's a hard one. Cause like, there's so many different things that I love. Like I'm looking at my Oracle cards right now and I'm like, I feel like I can't really live without those. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm also thinking, so my, one of my own products that I created, I just put out an energetic travel guide and Mm -hmm. that is one thing I cannot live without the rituals that I shared there. And so that's something that like right now, especially with all the travel coming up, I feel like I cannot live without that. Okay. I love that. And I need to check that out. I actually used like an energy, I don't want to call it a spell, but kind of that Anna Grace had been talking about on one of her like podcasts a long time ago when I went to Super Bowl this year, my husband and Mm -hmm. I got gifted a trip to Super Bowl as part of his work. And so I was very overwhelmed with like, there's going to be so much energy sometimes in those huge crowds. I get very overwhelmed with like being seen in my current, like physical form and how much Mm -hmm. like that creates a fear response for me in social situations. And I protected my energy. Like I've never done and had the best freaking time. So I highly recommend like for people that have, I used to have terrible flight anxiety and now I use it as a time to rest and recharge and like read something I've been wanting to read. So I highly Mm -hmm. recommend checking out her travel guide and how to protect or like just the energetics of how you travel and keep peace of mind. I think that is a huge one for the holidays. Um, and then what's one thing in your routine that you like could not possibly skip if you were rushed or in a new place, it seems like it might be maybe like meditation or like grounding exercises, but I'm curious, like you have five minutes. What are you 100% doing? 100% I am doing my energy tools practice. So that practice, usually it takes a little bit longer, but I can get it down in five minutes, two minutes. It, it honestly is the thing that no matter what, if I woke up really late, if I'm running out the door, if I'm on my honeymoon, like I will always, always, always do this practice because of course I do it before all of my clients, which, you know, we talked about, but mm-hmm. it just sets you up for your day in the best way possible. And it protects your energy. It cleanses your energy. Like it, it just checks all the boxes for me. And so it is my non-negotiable and I, I teach it. So I teach it in my awaken course, my ascend course. It's something that, you know, I share with a lot of my students because it's so impactful, but it does include grounding. So if you're kind of new to this work and you're like, I don't know what energy tools are, start with grounding. That is a practice that will 100% change your life. And what is, if someone doesn't know what grounding is, like what, what would you consider would count? I love being able to go out. I have fake grass in our backyard, but I still love going out and just putting my feet in it or putting my feet on our concrete and just yeah. feeling like the energy come through me and imagining that it's like almost like this little bubble. And when it gets to the top, it's like bursting through with light oh, and love. just like feeling just like a tether to wherever, whatever else exists. I'm tethering myself to that energetic force. Like, is mm-hmm. would that be how you would like describe it? Or is there a practice like that you would say this is the most impactful if you're interested in doing this like stepping outside i think is kind of critical <laughs> yeah so i mean 
you can do grounding in a lot of different ways. The way that you do it is an amazing way. I mean, getting your feet into the earth, into the ground, connecting in that way. I know, you know, it's about to be winter. So I know for me, it is cold outside. So I (laughs) do not, I cannot do that up here in Seattle. But the way that I ground is I actually, I use a grounding cord. So I envision a grounding cord coming down from the base of my body and I connect to the earth that way. You're kind of like rooting in almost as if you were a tree trunk, just kind of rooting in. And from that place, you can start to breathe and release energy. And the reason why that grounding cord practice I love and is my absolute favorite favorite. I think I have it as like a free download on um, my like link in bio or I can send it to you. Um, I was to gonna include. Say, we've, I've done your grounding exercise or your grounding meditation. I should have known the grounding cord was going to be there because we did that yeah. as a practice in spiritual summer camp. So, okay. Yes. yes. Please go on. It is, it is my ride or die. Like it is the best practice ever because what that grounding cord does is it not only connects you to the earth, but it gives you a space to release. So, you know, throughout our day, we are absorbing energy. We are taking on energy. We are feeling energy. There's just so much energy around us. And part of the problem, it's not that we're absorbing the energy. It's that we don't have a place for the energy to go. That's why at the end of your day, if you're so drained by, I don't know, you had a long conversation with someone or you were kind of around icky energy, if you have a place for that energy to leave your body, then you're good. You can get rid of it. And that's what the grounding cord does. You can breathe energy out through the grounding cord and it will be released from your body. So it's kind of doing a couple things at once for you. And anytime I teach someone this grounding practice and they do it consistently for about a week, you really start to notice a difference in how your energy feels throughout the day, how aligned you feel. It just, it really sets you up to have an amazing day. So that's definitely my number one. I need to do that tonight after like some of the day (laughs) that I've had 100%. But I need, so, okay, we're going to wrap soon, but I'm reminding everyone that we pulled the immense growth card and now I'm going to read our immense growth overview. First, let me find it. it. That's a good card. Sorry. Um, let's see what page am I looking at here? Oh no, now I'm having a hard time finding it. I must be missing it. That's funny. Oh, immense growth. Oh, wait a second. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize this is the same card that I was talking to you about. This is the vulture card. No way. Oh yeah. The vulture. (sighs) What? It's following you. What are the odds of that? It's a good one though. That is so crazy. Yeah. No wonder. Okay. 32. Let's go there. Um, I literally almost did an entire Instagram reel about my experience when I pulled this card and I had it recorded and everything. And then I realized that I accidentally had been talking with no recording before I had to start a call. And I was like, okay, well I'll have to come oh, back no. to this. But that is so, I cannot believe that that's the card that I pulled. That is I can. Too much. I believe it. <laughs> okay, course. so I'm just going to read I'm going to read just because this is kind of long. I'll just read well actually I'm just going to read it. Okay, so the vulture comes to speak to us about the wisdom of the sacredness of suffering. In Buddhism, the first noble truth is that all life involves suffering. It's not something to be escaped but to be accepted. 
Only when we accept this law of our existence are we able to transmute and grow from suffering. Vulture sustains her life by living off that which is dead. She does not interfere by bringing a quicker death to her prey. Instead, she allows it to endure what it must, and its suffering ends in its natural time. This mirrors back to us the importance of patience. There's a profound lesson in the name of the turkey vulture, Cathartis Aura, meaning golden purifier. They indeed purify the landscapes by removing decomposing carcasses that could spread disease and harmful bacteria. In the same way the vulture cleanses the land, suffering purifies the heart from and removes the veils of ego. Suffering comes in two forms. Both are meant for growth. The first form is inflicted upon us and out of our control. The second form is self-inflicted, created from the attachments and illusions of our ego. Whatever form your suffering takes, you must first accept it. When we resist the pain, when we resist aspects of ourselves we do not like, when we resist rejection, we perpetuate self-inflicted suffering. It is only when we accept it that pain begins to do what it was meant to do, transform us. This is the genius alchemical property behind acceptance. It transmutes. Vulture's medicine asks you to understand that pain, suffering, and trauma hold an energetic power. It is your choice whether to allow that power to attack you or to transmute its energy into your greatest asset. If you choose the latter within you, a hidden gift will be revealed far greater than all your pain. I just think that that is so amazing. I did not realize until right now when I was looking for this, that that's the same card that I had pulled the other day. And the one that I was talking to you about before this episode about how impactful it was for me when I pulled that card and read through it. And I had like a bit of a trauma today where my, I just like let go and actually had the first good cry in a long yeah. time. And I'm choosing to energetically release some of the emotions that I put around that period. So thank you. What a full yeah. circle moment from where we started to where wow. we're ending this conversation. Wow. It's so beautiful. And I think it's, I think it's great that you didn't put that together until right now, because I feel like, I don't know, just the universe really wanted you to sit with that card and those messages and be with it. And I think just ending our call and our conversation here with that idea that, you know, suffering, it, it happens, but through that suffering is so much healing and growth and gold and just so much beauty. I think that, you know, that kind of ties in so much of what we talked about today and our healing journeys and kind of where both of us have come. So, so special. Yeah. I love so that. So special. And I love that in parentheses, it says golden purifier because I'm starting mm -hmm. a, a business where I'm going to work with hopefully work with clients doing some guidance sessions and human design incorporation. And the name is, it literally starts with golden. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. I'm, like, I'm so excited for you. Yeah. It's going to be a slow process for me just to kind of like get comfortable and continue to figure out, you know, where I can offer and provide a gift that could help someone else based yeah. on the understanding I have as I'm coming into myself. But the fact that golden is literally in parentheses in this card, and this is the one I've pulled consistently, shows me I'm on the right path there. So thank you. Absolutely. I mean, how special that you're like a part of this. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm honored. I love out. it. <laughs> I am so honored. This is such a gift. Oh, I'm so excited for you. I can't wait and to where, see how it all unfolds. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I did not mean to cut you off there. I was going to just okay. say for everyone who's looking to learn more or potentially take your course and download your travel guide, where can everyone find you? 
You can find me everywhere at Nicole Mariline. Um, my name has two L's in it. Mariline's kind of hard to spell, so just look at the show notes. I'm sure it'll be in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, my DMs are always open. Um, I really just am here to support and help in whatever way that I can. So if you have any questions too about anything I talked about on this episode, like feel free to shoot me a DM and I will be there for you. And she actually does respond. I know because I slid into the DMs and then joined summer camp and now we're here. So, and now we're here (laughs) Yeah, at its finest. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This, I was so excited to do this. You were kind of like my, my dream interview, to be honest. My husband has heard me talking about you for so long. So he knows that I was so excited to have you on the podcast. So thank you for just making the time and as we talked about, like holding space to join me here, that means the world. So again, thank you. And it's one, one, one right now. Oh my gosh. Look <laughs> at us. Look at us go. Look at that. So much, Kylie. I mean, that means the 